Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. darkness I was rejected and cut off from hope I couldn't see his love for me and they said he's not who he seems don't get your hopes up for healing the lies fell away when I saw his face my heart burst to life I saw when he looked at me My whole world's on fire Alive in a presence that burns inside of me Now I know whose I am Forever I'll stand on your truth I believe Cause I was blind But now I see to daylight for me joy is the song that I sing all of my days are filled with your praise all of my days are filled with your praise my heart burst to life I saw delight in his eyes when he looked at me my whole world's on fire alive in Take my song away My eyes are open Then I saw his face No one can ever take away my faith My life was changed The day that Jesus came Sing that again No one can ever take my song away My eyes are open Then I saw his face no one can ever take away my faith. My life was changed the day that Jesus came. My Forever I'll stand on your truth I believe Cause I was 
got a couple of announcements we want to make this morning. First, just want to talk about our meal ministry on Wednesday night. First of all, I just want to encourage you uh, to tell our ladies every chance you get how uh, appreciative you are of them for coming every week and preparing our meals and serving them. Uh, it's a great blessing for a lot of folks who can just come in on Wednesday night and just go through the line and, and feed their families. So we thank you, ladies, and please tell them that. We want to encourage you, if you're not involved in our Wednesday night ministry, to come. We start serving at 5 o'clock. 5 till 6 is what we say. But, you know, if it's hard for your family to get here by that time, if you want to come and be a part of that meal ministry, if you would give me a call, give Brother Allen a call, give Miss Gail a call in the office sometime on Wednesday, then we will put aside some meals for you and your family. We want everybody to take advantage of this. It's, it's a great opportunity uh, to just fellowship with the body and just be a part. So we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, I said in the first service, I think we, we, I don't even know if we have this anymore. We used to say $3 a person or, or $10 a family. We're not worried about making money in this. We just want to break even. So if God lays upon your heart to give towards the meal ministry, you can just make a donation if you want to. Uh, to help support that ministry. It's, it's a great ministry, and we just we are so thankful for these ladies. Now, there will not be a meal this week because of Thanksgiving. Uh, we pick back up, I think, on the 4th of December. And then on the 11th of December, if I've got my dates right, and I meant to check that in between services. Is that 11th, is that right? Okay, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a nod back there. Is our holiday meal ministry here at the church. Always a great time to come together and just before the holiday, after Thanksgiving and before Christmas holiday as a body and just fellowship together. So we want to encourage you to come out on December the 11th, starting at five o'clock. And actually, I've asked the deacons and their wives that night to serve the meal and clean up so that our ladies and staff in there can can sit down and have a meal with the rest of us like like we all do uh, for once. So uh just keep that in mind, deacons and wives, keep that in mind. You're going to be doing the serving and cleanup that night, so we're counting on you, okay? Shay? Good morning. My name is Shay Abel, and along with Tammy McDaniel and Wendy Westerfield and Misty Green, we are the children's leadership team. And a couple of months ago, it's still up if you'd like to still take it, but we asked parents to take a survey um, to give us some feedback. And one of the main things that um, you all said was you wanted some tools to use at home. Um, things that you could do with your children at home to go along with what we're teaching them here. Um, so um, the biggest thing you can do for your child is to just read the Bible to them every night. Um, if you don't have this Bible, it's the Jesus Storybook Bible. It is an amazing Bible. Every story from the Old Testament all the way to the end points to Christ. And so it is just an amazing tool. But with the Christmas season coming, and I'm a no Christmas before Thanksgiving kind of girl, but Christmas you need some time, too, to prepare. Uh, but next Sunday starts the Advent season. Now, Advent's just kind of a, a word that means the coming. Um, Advent season has a long history, but basically it's preparing for the coming, the coming of Christ. Now, we all prepare and we all get excited, especially the kids, about Christmas and Santa. And it is an exciting time. But as a family, 
we wanted to give you some tools so you could prepare your hearts for the coming of Jesus as a baby because he came to save the world. And that's such an important part of Christmas that sometimes gets overlooked. So if you look in your bulletin, there is a handout in there that looks like this. It's up here on the um, screens also. And here are some tried and true resources that some of our families have used through the years to focus our families on the real meaning of Christmas Christ. Now the first two up there, they're free. And if you'll notice this book, this Bible goes along with the second one up there and it's free. If you'll go to the FNBC Kids Facebook page, which most parents are. And if you're a grandparent, we would love for you to join too, to do this with your grandkids. But these are some resources that you can use with your family to prepare your family's hearts for Christmas and the real meaning. Now, some of these, um, the first two are free. Some of them cost a little bit. The last two down here are YouTube videos. And what kids don't enjoy watching YouTube videos? Not many, I know mine do. So the last two links down there are going to be for YouTube videos. But you all asked, and so Christmas is a perfect time to sit down as a family, even once a week, and just enjoy time reading the Bible together. Some of these have fun activities for the kids, songs you can sing, all these things to just get your minds prepared for the coming of Christ on Christmas Day. So use this if you'll go. It should be on the Facebook page. Uh, women's children's Facebook page, also our church's Facebook page, and also on the website. So if you'll go to this, those little blue uh, underneath, just click and it'll take you directly to the links. So I'm going to pray for us, but I just pray that you as a family will really begin to focus on what this season, this week, Thanksgiving, and the Christmas season is really all about. So let us pray. God, I just thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for this week and for Thanksgiving. And Lord, uh, I just am so thankful for our church family, God. I'm thankful for these families, God. And I just pray, Lord, this week as we focus on being thankful, God, that you'll just bless each family that's here. And God, I just pray that you will take these resources, God, and just begin to prepare our families for the real meaning of Christmas. And that's the coming of your son, God, that you loved us so much. And you did not want to leave us in our sin, God, that you sent Jesus to come as a baby, to live a perfect life and to die on the cross for our sins. So we could be in a right relationship with you. What a, what a, blessing that is, God. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we will just pour into our kids as families. Lord, we pour into them here at church. And Lord, I just pray that you give parents the heart, God, to pour into their, their children's life in the word, God, that lasts forever. Your word and the souls of men last forever, God. And we just pray, Lord, that you will just give us a desire in our homes and as a church, God, to just pour into the lives of our kids, God, and give them the things that last forever, which is you. And so God, I just pray that you will go with each family, God, and just um, right now, even God, prepare our hearts to worship, Lord, and just praise you and to give thanks with song. Lord, I pray for Brother Allen as he brings the word this morning, God, that you will just speak through him in a mighty way. God, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for Jesus and this season. And so Lord, just go with us now and be in this service. It's in your name we pray. Amen. How do I say thank you, Lord, 
for the way that she loves in the way that you come for all that you've done and all that you'll do my heart pours out thank you you don't have to come but you always do you show up in splendor and you change the whole You show up in splendor And you change the whole room How do I say Thank you, Lord For the life that you gave in the cross that you bore the love you poured out to ransom my soul my heart pours out this thankful song and you don't have to come but you always do you show up in splendor and you change the whole room and you don't have to come and you always do you show up in splendor change the whole room and you walk through all of my walls and conquered my shame stepped into my past filled my world with grace it didn't have to come but you wanted to show up in splendor and you change the whole room no you don't have to come but you always do you show up in splendor 
and change the whole room. Father, right now, we just acknowledge that you're here with us. Father, that this isn't your house, per se. God, that we don't walk in and experience you. But Father, you walk in when we do. That you're in us. We thank you for the truth that Holy Spirit goes with us every day. That you're our teacher and counselor and helper and friend. Even more so, Father, we thank you that you came down from your throne in heaven and died so that we could have life eternal. You didn't have to. Thank you, Lord. We give you all honor and praise this morning as you are so, so worthy of it. When peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my life thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul with my soul it is well it is well with my soul thank you lord my sin oh the bliss of his glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole it is nailed to the cross and I bear it no
Sing this with us. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Go ahead. Yeah, amen. Wow. He's worthy. He is worthy. As our ushers make their way to the front and be prepared to take our offering this morning. Let's just go to the Lord. Father, wow. <sighs> we thank you for every blessing. And Lord, I know that sometimes we get caught up in this time of year saying need to count our blessings but <laughs> you don't just bless us this time of year <laughs> you bless us all year long and we need to thank you we need to thank you on a daily basis lord for what you do in our lives and lord just make us more aware of that and as we take these tithes and offerings this morning i pray lord that again as we always ask that you take it you multiply it you would draw it out you would use it as you see fit it's all yours anyway. You just allowed us to have a portion. And we are allowed to give back to you. And we thank you for that. So, Father, as we, as we go through this season, Lord. Lord, I just pray to you be families. Lord, I know it's going to be tough on families. But, Lord, you've got it all under control. And we thank you for that. Lord, we love you. We praise God from whom all blessings flow this morning. We with our pastor as he comes in just a moment, brings a message. Lord, just touch lives, touch hearts, change hearts as only you can. May we leave here this morning saying, what an honor and a blessing it's been to be with the Lord. In your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. In the darkness. We were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, 
to the King of Kings. Well, amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise today just because He's so worthy, so good of all of our affection and worship and praise. We're just so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, today, uh, we're going to continue in our message series, which is entitled, What Faith Looks Like. When you think about faith, you think about maybe a strong belief, a strong conviction that you have in your heart. You know, something that you hold near and, and dear inside of you. And if I said to you, hey, hey, can you show me that? Can you reveal that to me? You might be like, I, I don't really know if I can take something out of my heart and show it to you. Faith is often thought of as something that's not tangible or not real. Something that's immaterial. But the truth of the matter is that when you look at this scripturally and even practically, you can see faith. Faith manifests itself. It shows itself. Faith and also, let me say this, the lack of faith manifests itself through the things that you do in your life. So I can actually really see your faith. I can also see your lack of faith because faith always manifests itself through the things that you do in your life. In fact, James said, I will show you my faith by what I do. So this message series is about looking at faith. The heart of this message series is coming from Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you find a long list, if you will, of people who had, who had extraordinary faith. These were common people. There was nothing special about any of these folks. But they had an extraordinary faith. God used common people to do extraordinary things. And for lack of a better title or expression in Hebrews 11, we would actually call these folks like heroes of faith. There's one guy who's mentioned twice. Abraham. He's mentioned early on after the writer kind of defines faith for us as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Abraham is mentioned. And he's mentioned because God came to him. You'll find that in Genesis 12. God came to him and gave him this tremendous promise that I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to make your name great. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. All the nations, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. And Abraham believed God. God said, I got to take you, I got to take you out of here. I want to move you from your home, a place of comfort, a place of security and safety, but I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to take you. So the scripture tells us that Abraham went without knowing. And that's the first example of faith that we see in his life. He was going without knowing. But then in the second mention of Abraham, the stakes are raised. It is a much more difficult place, I would think, 
I would think. It'd be a much more difficult place to walk in faith and trust in the Lord. In the second mention of Abraham in Hebrews 11. Actually, we learn of the episode, we learn of the story of what took place in Abraham's life, which I believe is what allowed him and his faith to be like worthy of this second mentioning in Hebrews 11. It occurs in Genesis chapter 22. And the writer of Genesis writes about Abraham. After Abraham had trusted the Lord, and we'll look more into some of his faith, in, even into that in a, in, a, in a few minutes. But God comes to him, and God says in verse 20, uh, verse 1 of chapter 22, it came about after these things that, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the lad, his son Isaac, I and the lad will go over there and we will worship. And, and, and notice this. We will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and, and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took, his, took in his hand the fire and the knife, so the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, so, so now the lad, the boy, is looking at his dad. And he said, my father. Abraham said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb? For the burnt offering. Abraham said. God will provide for himself. The lamb for the burnt offering my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place. Of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar, altar there. And arranged the wood. And bound his son Isaac. And laid him on the altar. On top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand. And took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said. Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad. And do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son. Your only son for me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold. Behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place. Jehovah Jireh. 
which means the Lord will provide. That's Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day. The writer writes, as it is said to this day. In the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Uh, Father God, we turn our hearts and our minds to Scripture. And Father, we pray that all of our hearts and all of our minds will be open and receptive to what you might want to speak to us today. Father, I pray that in each and every person, I pray that you will awaken. I pray that you will shake. I pray that you will stir. I pray, God, that you will unleash faith in their lives. Father, we trust your spirit to be our teacher today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So let me ask you a question. Throughout the course of your life, when has it been easy for you to trust in the Lord? Let me just say it like this. If I was giving to you a, a test and I said to you, fill in the blank. It's easy for me to trust in the Lord when? Fill in the blank. It's easy for me to trust in the Lord when? But here's another question. When is it most difficult for you to trust in the Lord? If that had to be a fill-in-the-blank question, you could say, it is most difficult for me to trust in the Lord when blank. Most of us would probably say on the first one, I have found it easy to trust in the Lord when I can see what he's doing, where he's taking me. And especially if I feel like things are going to work out in my favor. It's easy for me to say, yeah, Lord, I'm on the train with you. Let's go. I can see where you're taking me. I can see what you're doing in my life. And especially when it seems like it's going to work out in my favor. The only challenge with that is that's not really faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. With faith, there is an unknowing, an uncertainty, perhaps even an insecurity in your life. When it's difficult for us to walk with the Lord, to trust the Lord, it'd probably go like this. Lord, it is most difficult for me to trust in the Lord when I can't see where you're taking me. When I can't see what you're doing. When I really have no clue if the direction of my life is going to work out in my favor. For most of us, that's probably when it's most difficult. But yet, it requires faith to trust in the Lord when you can't see. But did you know that there is another place of walking with the Lord that is much more profound and deeper 
and requires an element of faith that even transcends what we would say would be the times that we just can't see and we don't know. It's when we can see. It's when we can see that everything that we've placed our faith and trust in, everything we've believed about God, everything we've come to know about His character, everything that we've trusted Him for in the past, it's when we can clearly see in front of us that everything is being destroyed. Or going up in smoke. I believe that's why Abraham is mentioned for the second time in Hebrews 11. It's when God had told him and he trusted in the Lord and he believed in God. That, that all of these things that God had promised would come about through his son Isaac. And all that he had went through, everything he had gone through, everything about his life, everything he and Sarah had been through, everything that had affected his family, everything in Isaac is now about to be destroyed. It's like a man who God says to him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to a city. I'm going to take you to home. I'm going to give you a home. I want to give you a city. And, and here's what I need you to do. I just need you to walk with me and follow me. And so the man throughout the course of his life, he goes through various twists and turns up, up various hills down through many different valleys. He's trusting and he's trusting and he's trusting. And he finally, he finally gets there. He makes, he makes it to the city. He, he makes it home. Maybe he just walks in and, and he even puts a, a sign over the door that says, home. And he has this sense that it's all fallen into place. Everything he's trusted the Lord for. This, he's home. And then, before his very eyes, the city begins to burn down. And he'd be like, but Lord, I trusted you. I had faith in you. You led me to a place that now in my life, everything is going up in smoke. Some people would be like, I'm done. Not trusting you anymore. If you're going to lead me to place my faith and trust in things that are just going to be destroyed before my very eyes, God, no more. I'm, I'm done. Abraham. This is what he's experiencing from our vantage point. But yet Abraham continued to trust in the Lord. L listen to how Paul describes Abraham in Romans chapter 4. Beginning in verse 18. And you just got to kind of go back to where Abraham was when the Lord first came to him. He's much older in age. God comes to him, reveals to him his plan for his life. Romans chapter 4, verse 18, the scripture says about Abraham. In hope against hope, he believed. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. 
without becoming weak in faith, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Be like, okay, Lord, you're telling me that I'm going to have a son. He's much older in age. He's, you know, he's close to 100 years of age. You're telling me that I'm, I'm good to go on this deal. The scripture says that in faith he contemplated his own body now as good as dead. My Lord, uh, the giddy up is done gone. Y'all can laugh at that. Just, you know, okay. That, it was kind of just a little moment there. He's like, Lord, the giddy up is done gone. My, my body is dead. This, you know, but he continued to have faith and trust in the Lord since he was about 100 years old. And, and, and notice this. So then here's what he does. He looks over at Miss Sarah, who's also up in age. And he considered the deadness of Sarah's womb. From a human perspective, we're like, it's not going to happen. It's not happening. However, verse 20. Yet with respect to the promise of God, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And I want you to focus for just a moment on the idea of something, listen to me, of something dying or being dead. He considers himself dead. Regard to having a son, a child. He regards Sarah, her womb, dead. Gone. Past time. But yet, he did not waver in unbelief. He grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And look at this verse 21, and verse 21 of Romans 4. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Not thinking for any moment that, that I'm going to do this, but believing that God would do it. Believing that God would do this. Therefore, it, and you look at this next part. Therefore, it, what is it? What is it? It's the thing you got to have. It, therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. What is it? It was his faith. It was his faith. And Paul would also tell us that Abraham was justified, made right with God by his faith, his Faith in God beyond what he considered to be a dead situation and a dead circumstance. His faith in God was credited to him as righteousness. There's one thing that I think is really important before we look at what was happening in Abraham's heart when he marches up that hill and gets ready to kill his son. One thing that is the foundation, the absolute foundation for walking in faith. If you want a life of walking in faith, this is foundational. What is foundational is that you have a relationship with God through Christ. This is foundational. In every one of the instances in Hebrews chapter 11, 
many of these things begin with someone hearing from the Lord, receiving a directive from the Lord in their life, and then they act on what they've heard. But here's the thing. You cannot act unless you hear, and you cannot hear from God unless you have a relationship with God. So if you desire a, a, a life of walking by faith, but yet you don't have a relationship with God through Christ, your spirit is shut off from the Spirit of God. And your spirit has to be awakened to the Spirit of God so that then, by your faith and trusting Him as your Savior, you can begin to have a relationship with Him. And in this relationship, you walk with Him. And then He speaks directive in your life and His Spirit moves you in your life. And so then you respond to what you've heard. But if you do not have a relationship, you cannot hear. If you do not hear, you cannot walk by faith. Every single one of these instances is built upon a foundation of having a relationship with God. First. So Abraham receives this directive from the Lord. Then he makes preparation. So you have direction that leads to preparation. And one of the things that's not in the text is how he might have struggled with this. There's nothing in the text that, that tells you about any conversation that he has with Sarah. There's nothing in the text that tells you about any personal struggle that he has where he's questioning or he's struggling with the fact that everything he's had faith and trust in is about to be destroyed. It's going up in smoke. Everything. Every, there's, there's nothing in the text about how his emotions might be running high at this time. All we see in the text is direction, from the Lord, and then immediate preparation. By the next morning, he gets up. And make no mistake about it, the direction of the Lord, that which he prepared for, is to kill his son. A burnt offering, the word burnt offering literally means to ascend. And even before the giving of the law, people were familiar with burnt offerings and, and a sacrifice of a burnt offering. And what would happen is in that burnt offering, whatever was being offered, normally a, a, an animal, it would go up into smoke and the Lord would sense and he would see the faith behind the offering. And in many cases would atone for sin or mistakes in a person's life or see that as an act of worship. A burnt offering was something that ascended to God. But make no mistake about it. When an offering was burned, after it was killed, it was destroyed. It was literally destroyed. And this is what God is asking Abraham to do. To kill his son, his only son, his son whom he loved. And, and all we see in the text is this immediate response of Abraham to God. But don't you just love it, though, when Abraham says to his servants, as they're about to go up on the mountain, 
and he looks at him and, and, and he says to him, hey, hey, me and the lad, we're going to go over there. We're going to worship, but then we're going to return to you. And, and then, uh, you know, right before Abraham uh, offers Isaac, the Lord provides a ram that's caught in, in the, off to the side in a thicket. And, and then Abraham takes the ram, offers the ram, and then he calls the name of that place uh, Jehovah-Jireh, which literally means the Lord or Jehovah will provide. And so it's easy to think. It's easy to think that Abraham, Abraham, he, he figured this thing out. Abraham, the reason, listen to me, the reason he had such great faith was because he knew where this thing was going. That he knew when he told the servants... We will come back. That he would get up there. And yeah, he was going to take that knife. And as he was going to raise that knife. It'd be like Abraham taking the knife and going, okay, Lord. You've seen my faith all the way up to this point. Okay, Lord, here I am. On the mountain, you've designated, Lord, here I am. Just in case you hadn't seen me, Lord, here I am. Now, God, I am now. Taking the knife. Lord, I am now taking the knife. You see the knife that is now in my... Lord, do you see that I put the, the wood all over Isaac? Isaac, my only... This is Isaac. Remember the one you promised God? Here he is. I am now taking the knife. And, and, and it's easy to think that Abraham in his mind is going that once he gets the Lord's attention, that God will stop him. Like in mid-flight. And go, stop. Don't do it. There's a ram. And then Abraham's faith was in the fact that God would not ask him to really go through with this. But if you think, if you think, that's what was going through Abraham's mind. You're wrong. That is not what he was thinking. And that is not what motivated his faith. In Hebrews chapter 11. We see what was in his heart. We see what was in his mind. We see why he told his servants what he told them. In Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 17, I want you to see this. The writer of Hebrews says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son and it was he Isaac I mean Abraham to whom it was said of Isaac in Isaac your descendants shall be called he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead from which he also received him back 
as a type. This would be as a type, as a prefiguring of what we would see in God offering His only Son, Christ. Mariah smells of Calvary. Mariah smells of Calvary. And no, Abraham did not have to kill his son or offer his son in that way. But he did offer him because what Abraham believed in his heart and in his mind was not that, God, as you see me raising this knife, you will stop me. No, he was fully committed to kill his son. Trusting, perhaps, in God as having moral authority over all of life. If God wants to take a life, God, it's up to you. You have moral authority, God. We don't ever see Abraham wavering in that. But what he believed was that God would raise Isaac from the dead. So it's like he says to his young men, hey, we will be back. But I'm telling you guys, when I come back, when I come back, I've got, I've got a story I'm going to tell you. It's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen or you've heard before. I am fully committed. There is no hesitancy in me because I believe that God can take that which is destroyed and bring it back to life. Oh my goodness. To trust in the Lord when you can clearly see that your life is going up in smoke. To trust in the Lord and believe that when you can see that, that people or things that you've placed your faith in are now destroyed. But yet to believe God has a better day for me. When all your dreams and all your hopes and everything you've put your faith in in your life goes up in smoke. But yet to have faith that there are promises of God to me in my life. These, listen to me, these things may die. But His promises to you will never die. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ. Nothing. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And one of the greatest promises He will ever give you in your life is that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. So Lord, here it is. Take it all. All my hopes, all my dreams, everything I put my faith and trust in. Here it is, Lord. Do with it as you wish. But I believe God. That even after the last ember has burned out. You can take that which is broken. 
and you can build it back up and you can raise it from the dead. And don't you know, don't you know, don't you know, don't you know that if that had played out on that mountain, there would be no hellfire, there would be no challenge, there would be no difficulty that Abraham would not be able to walk through because he, got, he saw God take his hope. Let it be destroyed and then raise it from the dead. Oh, if you think Abraham was just going, okay, Lord, I'm not really going to have to do this. I'm really not going to have to do this, Lord. And you think that's where his faith was? No. Fully committed, but God, you can raise this from the dead. Give it new life. I can't tell you how many times in my life when I thought things, relationships, situations, and circumstances that I had faith in were destroyed. That God did not bring to me a closeness to Him and an intimacy to Him, an awareness of Him that I never had before. And I cannot tell you how many times I, I was, I've been so thankful God did not answer my prayer. That God did not answer my prayer. Because my prayer was for those things not to be destroyed. But God had so much better for me beyond their destruction. And I can tell you I'm thankful He didn't answer many of my prayers. Because I I wouldn't have let them go. But they had to. For him to do in my life what he wanted to do. So as you stand with us today, and as we think about all of this today, oh, first and foremost, I would, I would just implore you to be certain of a relationship with God through Christ. Be certain of a relationship with God through Christ. The other thing that I would hope and pray is that you are listening to His Spirit in your life. So if He's aligning you up for something great, that he's going to do even, even perhaps through destruction. You'll be in the game. You won't be sleeping. You won't miss it. You won't be focused on something else in life. And you can't hear his whisper. Because you're distracted. But then, once you start walking with him, like the man walking to the city. You'll trust him. And you'll have faith in Him. And even when it's all going up in smoke, you'll keep trusting and you'll keep believing that your God will raise things from the dead. And He might even be wanting to raise your heart from the dead because your heart has been shattered. Your dreams have been shattered. He wants to give it back to you. 
some things have to die first. So the best thing we can do is just say, Lord, here it is. Here it is. Do with it whatever you want to do with it. And I'll trust you. So with your heads bowed today and your eyes closed. Our prayer counselors are going to slip out. Maybe there's been something going on in your life, in your family. And you've experienced the crushing of hopes and dreams. And the Lord is just calling you today to trust Him in a way that you hadn't trusted Him before. If that's you, we have prayer counselors who are available to pray with you, to kneel with you. Anything that's going on in your life, any decision you feel like you need to make today, Cody's going to sing for us, then he's going to pray us out this morning. you need to come, you come. These folks are available for you. You call me out upon the water, the great unknown, the fear may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep. Where faith will stand And I will call upon your name Keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest your embrace I am yours You are mine Your grace abounds in deepest waters Your sovereign hand Be my guide feet may fail and fear surrounds me you never fail and you won't start now I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves so I will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine Father we love you so so much We thank you for what you've done in this place today, and we know that you're not finished yet. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you that you go with us. 
Thank you for every blessing under heaven and earth that you've given. Most of all, thank you for Jesus who changed everything for us. It's in his name we pray, in his name we sing this morning. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.